Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name's Daniel. I'll be your host. Today on the podcast, we have some new guests and some new questions. Have you ever thought about, is there something, a sin that's going to keep you out of heaven one day? We talk about that and so much more on today's podcast. Remember, our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to A Little Better. We're here with a new series of thoughts and even new people on the podcast. Yes, new people. New people. So we kicked off a brand new series this past Sunday on the Sermon sermon on the Mount. I, I blended sermon and summer in my mind, so the don't, series is called do Summer on the Mount. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the message and diving a little deeper into that. And with us today, Drew's not here, we have Maddie. Hello. Hey, if you're watching or listening, there's Maddie. Uh, Maddie, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, why are you on the podcast today? You may not know that, but I'll tell that answer. So uh, tell us who you are, where where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up here in Rochester all my life, um, and then I went away to college in Cedarville, University of Ohio. I think Brad... I, I did well. a year there, yes, yeah, and sent a daughter, right. sent a daughter who finished there too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so What'd you get a degree in at Cedarville? Uh, Christian education and youth ministry. Nice. So I graduated nice. last May, came to Northridge and interned in kids ministry. Um, came on staff in, for NYM and Kidsmen last summer, so yeah. almost a year now. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. So we have theologian. Maddie with us. She's going to answer all the questions today. It's good to have someone to answer them. (laughs) We've really been struggling. (laughs) So so as we we jump in, we're going to kick off the podcast a little unexpectedly because we have one more revelation question. Ooh, one slipped in. So technically we're done, but we're going to do the grace of uh, we took down the button on the website Mm. to submit questions because... We did all the podcasts. And we're like, okay, we're done now. But a person sent it in through IWant.info, like, hey, I don't know how to submit the question, but here it is. So, and I feel like it's a good kickoff. Uh, the question comes in, it says, in light of Drew's sermon, <clears throat> excuse me, in light of Drew's sermon this past week, it says that liars are not allowed in heaven. Um, and the question goes on, it says, sometimes I find it necessary to lie to save someone's feelings, but is that going to keep me out of heaven? Um, and so the, the verse that they're specifically referencing is Revelation 21, verse 8, which says this, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned or, uh, to the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and this is the second death. Hmm. So the question I want to ask is, uh, with this person's question is, is it okay to ever tell a lie? Which may be a very debated question, but the, I feel like the question underneath the question is like, is there a sin that keeps us out of heaven? Hmm. Sounds like a... Ma- I don't know if Maddie's <laughs> eager to answer that or not. Maybe we'll... She can pass. We can, uh, I mean, we I, can, I think it... I think it like begs the question of like unrepented sin versus like like I think unrepented sin is what keeps you from heaven because mm-hmm. I mean the gospel is like Jesus saved us for our sins so if you're not repenting of that because mm-hmm. um, the reality is we're all still sinners here on this earth like mm-hmm. yeah I'm a believer but I'm a sinner like I sin every day I sin mm-hmm. this morning I was frustrated driving like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the nature of it and um, yeah I think it's the issue of like unrepented sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it brings a, a second question is, is so if I 
give my life to Jesus, make him, the language we use at Northridge is the leader of my life and forgiver of my sins. But for example, you drive this morning, somebody cuts you off, mm-hmm. you shout profanity, all right? In we'll my say head. in your head. <laughs> um, so, and then all of a sudden, somebody, semi comes, T bones you, and you die. You didn't repent of that sin. Mm-hmm. Do you go to heaven or do you go to hell? <laughs> Brad? I don't know. Answer the question for Maddie. Where'd she end up? <laughs> she goes to heaven. She goes to heaven. She but she didn't heaven. repent of her sin. <laughs> I mean, that just seems absurd. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> trying, to, some... I'm trying to come up with a, a theological response. First off, I mean, we, we do believe in the uh, perseverance of the saints or eternal security of mm-hmm. believers. Exactly. You know, those are both two ways we to We believe that or what, that's what the Bible teaches. And that is what the Bible teaches. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely what the Bible teaches. So we certainly, someone who is truly in God's family doesn't get kicked out of God's family. All, all those who are truly... Now, we can be self-deceived about it. You know, We mm-hmm. can think we're in God's family and not really deceiving ourselves. But for someone who's genuinely a believer, I mean, that sin you know, is not going to kick them out because the blood of Christ covers it all. And yes, uh, so I, yeah, I can't imagine... You know, just based on perseverance of the saints, eternal security of believers, Maddie gets to heaven. Yeah. Paul, there's this language of past, present, future of Mm -hmm. salvation and like sanctification, justified, sanctified, glorified, like Mm -hmm. those Bible words. Sure. Um, And and Paul, there's a lot of verses where in Pauline literature, if you just read about how he talks about justification, he he uses, sometimes he does past, present, like past participles. Sometimes he uses present participles. And sometimes he uses future and says, Mm -hmm. you will be saved. Mm -hmm. You are saved. You were saved. You will be saved. So which one is it? Hmm. And the answer is yes, because mm-hmm. Christ, we, we sometimes use the language of Christ has uh, saved us from all of our past, present, and future sins, mm-hmm. that he's redeemed us, that our life is, the language Paul uses is in Colossians is hidden mm-hmm. in Christ. So mm-hmm. all of our sins, when we sin, mm-hmm. uh, no longer does God look at us and, and see a a sinner, I even think that language of, of deeming ourselves, I am a sinner, is very unhelpful mm-hmm. because Christ does not look at us as a sinner, but the language in the New Testament is a saint. Mm-hmm. And now we, we are a saint who is still in a sin-ridden body that is broken, mm-hmm. but in the eyes of God, he sees a redeemed son or daughter if our life is hidden in Christ. Mm-hmm. And those who the Bible would deem as sinners are those who have had no repentance of their sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to even say, I feel like it's unhelpful for us in those who are like followers of Jesus to use the language, well, I'm a sinner too. Mm-hmm. Because the way that Christ and God, in God through Christ, looks at our sin and the way that who are being anyone who has given their life to Jesus and the way that God would look at someone else's sin who has not repented of their sins is very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very different. So for us to say, yeah, we're all sinners, mm-hmm. but God doesn't look at our sin in the same lens because those who are covered by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God looks at their, those people's sins in a very different way. He calls those sons and daughters redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the sin that doesn't get us into heaven is like, not repenting and turning and clinging to Jesus mm-hmm. for that. And so for this person's questions, there, there is some really good work by Graham Goldworthy about 
is there ever an appropriate time to lie? Because we even have times where you may be able to see lies in the Bible, like Rahab, for example. Uh, she Egyptian midwives? Yeah, Egyptian midwives in Exodus 2 or 1, Exodus okay. 1 to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of tell like a kind of a lie, but not. And I, you could debate on like, is this a lie? Is this not a lie? They're praised, but are they praised <laughs> for lying yeah. or, or fearing God? Yeah, you know? and so, so. It's, it's very difficult to say like, does God ever condone lying? Mm-hmm. This this person, her, her his or her question it says, I believe sometimes to protect someone's feelings. Now, I don't know if like saving someone from being murdered, which it seems like what the Bible is doing, like with Rahab and the Egyptians, like it's protecting innocent life. Right. That feels different from protecting someone's feelings. Christians during the Holocaust who hid Jews and lied yes. about it, you know, those sorts of things. Now, like, should we be a jerk? Absolutely not. Um, but there's some more nuance. I, I, I wish I had a, a specific example or a story for this question. Um, but that's the that's the reality behind it about sparing someone's feeling. Like, is that ever appropriate to do? I mean, well, maybe. But do you have to do it through the act of lying? I don't know. You might do it through silence or just not yeah, saying like, something. That's a good point. Like you could just say that. You don't have to tell a lie. Like if someone asks, like, hmm, that's a good question. Like, mm-hmm. and just don't answer. You know, unless they press. What do you think, Maddie? Just <laughs> deflect it. Yeah, deflect. <laughs> but I mean, there's a possibility to give mm-hmm. an answer with grace and truth, even if it may hurt someone's feelings. Now you have to use discernment, uh, the guiding voice of the Holy Spirit to do that. But um, That's what's unique, that we have the guiding voice of the Holy Spirit to be able to give an answer with grace and truth, even though it may be difficult. Because Jesus doesn't say that our lives are ever going to be up and to the right. We just talked about Mm -hmm. the Beatitudes this past Sunday. He doesn't say that it's going to be easy in going about our lives day to day. Yeah. I won't ascribe it to this questioner, but it's possible this question could come from a place that says, well, I know Jesus forgives my sins. I mean... How much sinning is 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 okay, and I still get mm. to go to heaven, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And those those are the kinds of things the Bible never wants you to be comfortable about, yeah. right? We can preach, you know, eternal security and believe it, of course, but the Scripture never wants us a place of feeling we're okay with mm. you know these habitual sins that we don't think are a big deal. Mm. We know God's got a bit of a problem with them, but we yeah. get to go to heaven anyway. That's interesting. Um, the I, I was listening to some uh, different talks and hearing some different people talk about, like, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, mm-hmm. um, and they compared it to a marriage, right? Like, what does it mean to be married? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a day that as you, you stood across, you know, at an altar with an officiant across from your spouse and, and said, and like said the vows, became married, but you spend your whole life figuring out what does it mean to be married? Um, and like to be a Christian is there's a day that you like become a Christian, but then like you spend the rest of your life figuring out like, how do I live this thing out? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to ask this question. Uh, what does it mean to enter into a relationship with Jesus or the language that is used in Matthew chapter four, become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, which probably isn't as much... 21st century language, citizenship, but what does it mean to do that? I'm sorry, can you say that question again? Yeah, so what does it mean to enter into a relationship with Jesus? Or the language that Jesus uses in Matthew 4, like become a citizen of the kingdom. Like what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I think like what we were just talking about, like the assurance assurance of our salvation like comes into play. Like, yeah, we're 
saved and there's assurance of that, but it's not like, like you always hear, it's like, it's not the end point, but like the starting point of like continue like sanctification. I think that ties to the last question of like, um, as you grow and become sanctified or grow in Christ, like your awareness of sin should grow. And like, like I just remember like I have a professor, I had a professor at Cedarville who like anytime we would talk about his sin or like he would just weep. And it was just like mm-hmm. so evident, like that his mm-hmm. growth in, in his love for Christ. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's like, yeah, that's a point of assurance of salvation, but it's like, starting that growth in any, like, any relationship. The more you know, the more mm-hmm. it grows. Yeah. I don't know why it popped into my head when you said that, because I immediately started thinking about, like, again, a marriage or even a boyfriend-girlfriend dating relationship is like, well, we're exclusive. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you just making that, you know, it's that point where you say, no, we are exclusive, right? And it would be clear that the other would be... any. You know, either would violate the trust of the other, right, if they had a relationship with someone else. So, I don't know. I don't know why that language just came into my head. But um, but I do agree with Maddie that there's, like, so much ignorance at the beginning of the relationship. It's still the start of a relationship, yeah. but we are, you know... Daniel, you and I were drunk enough on love to make ridiculous commitments, right? We had no idea what we were saying yeah. yes to. It plays out. When I look out back and read time. my vows, I'm like, oh man, I failed so many times. Like, I, I just mean, like, yes, I do. Like, seriously. I mean, I failed so many times. And yes. like, it's like, but that, and that, I feel, I feel like that's a great analogy in the mm-hmm. fact of our relationship with Jesus, of He as the perfect one, mm-hmm. that we're in a relationship with Him and He gives us grace every single time. Like, mm-hmm. um, but, he gives us his Sermon on the Mount, which we're walking through this summer as a church. And what I found so fascinating, the verse that this person, the first person who sent the question about Revelation, all these things like cowardly, unbelieving, vile, murder, sexual immoral, magic arts, idolaters, liars, like all these things, mm-hmm. Jesus addresses most of them. I don't know if all of them, I haven't went back and fact checked, but just I'm riddling off in my mind, like mm. all his teachings where he talks about lying. He talks about, uh, you know, don't bear false witness. He, mm-hmm. he talks about sexual immorality. He's talking about murder, murder through hatred. Like he mm-hmm. taught, he addresses all those things and he makes it even harder than we've made it. Right. What is a murderer? Yeah. Well, we think, well, someone who has taken a human life, Jesus says, what is a murderer? Anyone who's had hate in their heart. Mm-hmm. It's like, that just got a lot more difficult. <laughs> like, um, right. and so, in light of that, like becoming a follower of Jesus, I think that's why Jesus is addressing his Sermon on the Mount, not this uh, thing to live by, which it, it is, but it's this this credo of almost like, see, you can't do this on your own. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like more like that, less than, less, it's less of this is the standard and you need to achieve it. And it's more of, I've achieved this. You need to trust in me and follow and submit your life to me, and then I'll help you get here. Yeah, and he helps. You, I, that's probably unhelpful in I, a lot of ways. I don't, I don't know. know. It's These hard. are the things that I'm wrestling with, too, because, you know, as I work through the Sermon on the Mount and get to that salt and light passage, it's like this present reality of salt and light. So we can't just punt it all you until no, heaven, you can't. the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The reality has to come now. It starts to blossom now. Yeah. The world, we are what's right with the world. Yeah. You know, and it would, and that, that's the part, it's always been easy for me to say, oh yeah, Jesus will keep forgiving me, <laughs> we'll get to heaven and I'll be perfect. But yeah. there is a present blossoming yeah. of this life. John Piper says, I'm going to give him a footnote for this. I heard him in a sermon 
say something to the effect of the same grace that can save you is the same grace that will sanctify you mm-hmm. in the sense of, and he was teaching this on this idea about we can't just preach grace, 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 and, and in the sense of saying like the fact that we're living in sin, whatever that sin might be, it's okay because grace, 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 grace. But like, no, it's like the same grace that says I'm, I can pluck you from the fires of hell and make you a saint mm-hmm. in Christ is good enough and powerful enough to purge us of all that unrighteousness, all that brokenness that exists. And we have a part to play in it because we have to submit our will and our our mind, our, our body, mm-hmm. all of our being to Jesus, to his leadership. I mean, that's why we say make him the leader of your life and forgiver mm-hmm. of your sins. Mm-hmm. Like that, man, that relationship uh, is, is practical. So give us some practical advice, you two. Give us some practical <laughs> advice as we're entering this journey. What, what do people do if they, if they hear that and they're just almost overwhelmed because they know, man, I'm broken. Like they're mm-hmm. looking at their wedding vows like, I, you know, I can say, and they're, they're just like, I have failed so many times. And they're mm-hmm. thinking about their relationship with Jesus. They're like, why even try? Mm-hmm. Why, mm-hmm. why do I even try? Like, I'm so addicted to pornography, or I have so much hate in my heart, or I mm-hmm. have this or that. Like, why even try? Like, what do they do? Um, I think, like, not sitting in that, like, not staying there. Like, yes, feel that, but don't stay there. And I think um, something that's helpful is, like, looking beyond look beyond yourself. Like, I think it's just a, if you're sitting in that as a prideful stance in a sense, but like looking beyond yourself, like, yeah, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with this, but like, how does that then, how can that serve other people and like testimony um, of who God is? So I feel like just like getting eyes off of ourselves, like first God and then loving others. Yeah. And I think also, um, I mean, there's so many promises, right? He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That everything that is a revelation to us, and like I never knew I was that sinful. I never Mm. knew my heart was that dark. I never Mm. knew I could hurt someone like that. Jesus knew it. He knew Mm. it ahead of time. He knew it before he saved you. And it's part of, and and he has deemed it as a necessary part of the process. I know for me in my life, um, I was thinking about this as heaven being the presence of purity in the absence of pride. Mm. So for me, it's just getting me more and more humble. You know, it's just more and more um, seeing, you know, the righteousness of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ. But, but somehow my awareness is important in the process of my sanctification of how dark mm-hmm. my heart is, how great his grace is. And without those lessons, I probably never would have gotten to the place where I need to be, mm-hmm. as humbling as they are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I would add to that in the sense of I'm going to do practical and theological. I have two points that I mm-hmm. want to make. Um, practical is, um, is whatever that is that came to your mind or is mm-hmm. burdening your heart. Right. There's a practicality to it that mm-hmm. Maddie pointed out, like don't stay there, don't sit in it. Mm-hmm. Is there some practical things that you could do um, to get that out of the focus of your life. Like what, there's multiple times when Jesus talks about dealing with sin in the Sermon on the Mount, and his basic point is, what are you willing to do to get rid of this? Like, mm-hmm. what are you willing to do? Like, you know, because he uses some vivid Im- imagery of a passage that I'll Oof. talk through in a couple of weeks of like, cut off your hand, pluck out your eye. 
But he's like, yeah. there's not a bunch of nubbed Christians walking around. So <laughs> obviously the, the hand isn't our problem or the eye isn't our problem. It's our heart that is the problem. We need a new mm-hmm. heart. But as Christ is doing his work to purify our heart, it's, uh, there's an old Bible study uh, that's called Two Dogs, which is basically this idea of like, there's two things that play in our lives, the spirit and the flesh. Mm-hmm. And whichever one you feed is going to be the more happy, healthier dog, right? Yeah. And so it's like we need to learn to starve our flesh, that, mm-hmm. that sinful nature that we still possess mm-hmm. of that, as you guys were talking earlier about being a sinner, but feed our spirit. Um, and there are things that it may be unpopular in your circles of your relationships and your friendships, but there are things in your life that are feeding mm-hmm. your flesh. Mm-hmm. And... What does it look like for you to get some of those things out? Like, what are the things that you can get out? You know, like, right. what does it look like? I mean, what are you willing to do? And there are resources out there to, to help you, whatever that may be from for right. anger, pride, like what, whatever that is. There are things out there that you can get really practical on. And hopefully we're going to get practical on throughout this series of sure. these things that we walk through. But I think that that's the, that's the side of it is like there are things that you can do on a practical sense to starve your flesh. Now that does not answer feed your spirit. That's the second part of it. You gotta feed your spirit and just trust in Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I was reading last night in my Bible reading plan um, as we were getting. I was getting ready to um, turn down for the night and go to go to bed. Uh, and First John four sixteen just jumped out at me um, because it's talking about like if we say we have sin or if we say we love God but we hate our brother, then sin resides in us and you do not walk in the light. You are in the darkness and it's just getting heavy. You know, all the way throughout and it's just like, oh gosh, I'm so terrible. It's like reading my wedding vows and thinking about how many times I've failed. But then John concludes verse 16. And verse 16 reads like this. And we have known and relied on the love of God that he has for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there's other translation that says we have resolved to trust in God's love. Mm -hmm. And so he gets there to the end and he's built this whole argument like if you say you love God, but you do this, this and this, you're a liar. You hate you don't actually love God. Mm -hmm. But then he gets to this crescendo of like, but you have to trust in God's love. You got to you got to fully rely on it. You got to believe in it with all your heart that it will change you. Um, and, and so as we wind down here, um, just what's one final thought that you guys want to give uh, as we consider about what does it mean to be in relationship with Jesus or what's one thing that you've learned from this opening week of uh, Summer on the Mount? Anything. What's one more thought? Um, I think your last point just made me think of another quote from one of my professors. He just said, like, I hope that there's times in your life that the goodness of God was just so evident in a time that, like, it was you're so undeserving and that should bring you to like literal tears. Um, I think that's just so powerful and connects this of just like God's goodness. It will prevail even when we're weak in that. And I just, yeah, that just made me think of that quote. Yeah. I love, I, I love that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just want to repeat that with personal examples, but I'm not going to. Uh, in terms of the feeding and the starving, I just think I know what I have to ask myself is, again, like a relationship, you know, you, you, you have to invest in a relationship. You know, it's date nights, whatever, carving out time or whatever. Am I spending more time in Netflix or the Bible? You know, not that Netflix has good stuff and has bad stuff. You know, it's not the point. It's just, am I, does the Bible has, have as high a priority? as other things in my life, as prayer have as high a priority and just auditing, you know, those investments. 
Yeah, the final thought that I want to leave uh, listeners or watchers with is in in our Bible reading, when you read your Bible and you come across passages where Jesus says, like, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You know, like, um, the grace of Jesus is good enough to save us, like that Piper quote that I shared earlier, but, like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't... it. To follow Jesus should not be a burden, but a joy and a delight and the fact that what, where he is leading us to at the end. And so if you are burdened by when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and you're like, oh, well, just think about his grace. And like, if that's your mindset, I, I just want to challenge you in the fact of do some deep soul searching and time and prayer of like, why are you so frustrated by Jesus when he says things like that? Like, why are you so frustrated by the fact of that he says you shouldn't continue to live in your sin? Like, it's all about his grace. Don't worry about your sin. Like, why are you frustrated by sermons mm-hmm. that talk about things like that? And when they're not trying to burden you, they're not, the, the point is not a guilt trip, but the point is, is like, Jesus wants you to not only be in relationship with him, but look more like him because he's perfect. And mm-hmm. he, he shows us the perfect example. So we, God is not opposed to our effort. He's mm-hmm. opposed to our earning, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like, and so Absolutely. that's the point. There's, there's this, it feels like there are two things that are warring at each other, but they're not They're They are singing a beautiful harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thanks so much for listening to this episode of a little better. We hope this was helpful in your walk with Jesus uh, to see you look more like him. We'll see you next week.